What's up? Thank you for tuning in to this UF Student Podcast. We're so excited that you stopped by to listen. If you have any questions, shoot us a DM on Instagram or Twitter at CUF Students. You guys ready to talk some gains? Listen, this is our kickoff to our series, Gains, and it is exactly what it sounds like. It is talking about how we can take small steps now to see results later. Right? When we think gains, we think of the gym. We think of getting bigger, stronger, faster, thinner. Right, guys? We're thinking about those curls for the girls finally paying off. Ladies, those tries for the guys. Just, I, I don't know. I couldn't really think of another rhyme, honestly. So I went with that one. Maybe it's, maybe it's you're just trying to get summer ready. So that way you can come back home with a boyfriend after we spend a week at the beach, that good Christian boyfriend that you've been waiting on for so long. Maybe that's your reason. Maybe it's for a sport. Maybe it's just so you feel good about yourself. I don't know, but for all of us, I am confident in saying at some point we have looked in the mirror and we've said, hey, pal, or hey, gal, you need to make a change because there's not one of us in the room that wants to go to the beach or wants summertime to hit and we look like a marshmallow, one of those jumbo marshmallows with toothpicks sticking out of it, right? There's not one of us that wants that. You know what I'm talking about? Round in the middle, kind of pale and soft. No, we want to make a change. We have this idea of what we want to look like. We have a desire to be something that we're not right now. And in order to get there, we got to start taking the steps. And so if you're like me and you found yourself in this place before, You do what any logical human being does. You go out and you blow a ton of money on gear. You start buying shaker cups, shorts, sneakers, tank tops, whatever it is. Ladies, maybe you're buying yoga pants, sweatbands. I don't know. Whatever it is, you buy it because you need to go to the gym. You need to get a gym membership. And we always pick the gym that's closest to our house so that way we can sleep the longest, right? We make sure that we can hit the snooze button a good two or three times before we have to go to the gym. And then you get all this stuff together and you finally, you set your alarm the night before and the alarm goes off like 10 seconds later. That's how it happens every time. And it's time to go to the gym. You hit snooze and it's time to go to the gym and you hit snooze and it's time to go to the gym and finally like, you know what? I'm going to do it. This is my first day. I'm going to do it. I'm going to see gains today. Progress will happen today. And so you get out of bed, you grab your new gear. And you jump in your car and you head to the gym. It's only like five miles away. So you get to the gym. And once you walk in and you check in at the desk, something really awkward happens. You realize you have no idea where you're going to start. If you've ever done this, you know exactly what I'm talking about. You walk in and there's this awkward moment where you begin to look around. And you're like, uh, what is everyone else doing? That guy's doing that thing. And that girl, I don't know what she's doing, right? And we start getting this panicked feeling that everybody's staring at us. We start getting this panicked feeling that, man, hey, I got to figure out something to do quick because they're going to know it's like blood in the water. They can smell it somehow. So you just run and you jump on the nearest machine. And once you jump on that machine, now you're in a whole new predicament because you've never seen this machine before. And so now you're just trying to kind of like casually out of the corner of your eye, look at the diagram that's on the side of the machine, you know, just trying to, okay, I think, okay, I think I got it. So you do a couple reps, maybe it's some of these, I don't know, some of these, whatever. And you realize about rep three or four, dang, this is hard. This is way harder than I thought it was going to be. Like, I'm going to drop some weight. You look over and you realize you don't have any weight. Okay, no big deal. It's day one. It's day one. I'm going to be all right. I'm still going to see progress today. You know what? It's day one. I don't have to start on this machine. 
I'm going to go do something I know. I've been doing it for years. I'm going to go run. I'm going to go run. I'm going to go to the treadmills. So I go over there to the treadmills and I jump on this thing and I expect to just take off running. But no, this thing looks like a dang space machine, right? It's got so many knobs and so many buttons that I don't know what to do with screens and sensors. Are you kidding me? So you're standing on this treadmill and you're just trying to like push buttons and figure out how to turn it on. And you notice the guy next to you is kind of staring at you like, oh, I'm just uh, recalibrating the flux capacitor. Oh, it's going to be fine, right? Finally, you hit the on button. It comes on. You start getting that jog. You hit it up a couple times. Now you're running and you're running and you're running. And you build up that good sweat, that sweat that you can feel good about, right? You know, the guy next to you, like he's probably getting some of it on him and you're just like, yeah, man, I'm working hard. That sweat that, that makes your heart begin to feel like it's about to beat out of your chest and you're, you're out of breath and you can't really breathe and you think you're getting ready to die. So you hit the, you hit the shutdown button, but actually you only turn it up a little bit first and get that panic going to really get your heart rate up. Then you hit the shutdown button. You hop off the treadmill. You're feeling good about yourself. You're like, Hey, I saw progress today. You jump off, you're getting right head home. Oh, wait, I got to take my Instagram photo. So that way everybody knows that I saw progress today. So that way they see my gains. And so you go to take a picture and it doesn't say one mile. It doesn't say two miles. It says point two miles and you're ticked, right? Like you felt like you just ran at least a mile at minimum, right? And so you just immediately start attacking this treadmill's character. It's like, man, you are a liar and a fat mouth and I don't have to put up with this type of negativity. And so if you're like me, you leave and on your way out, you're like, hey, treadmill 13, it's got to go. I'm not putting up with it anymore. And you leave, you get in your car, and you start thinking on your way home, can I do this? Can I see gains in my life? And for many of us, it's at that point we give up, right? We realize how tough it is, and we're just like, I can't do this. I don't even know where to start. But I believe that everybody needs someone to teach them where to start. You see, I believe whether it's you jump on YouTube or you, you just find some workout program online or you get that friend that's like that gym rat. You know what I'm talking about? We've all got a gym rat friend and you get them to go with you and teach you how to work out, show you where to start, give you a starting point, And that way you can begin taking steps from a starting point in order to see gains in your life. We've all got to have that starting point. And I believe the same is true in our spiritual lives. I believe the same is true when it comes to our relationship with Jesus. I believe we've all got to have this starting point. And like your health, like your physical health, many of us have the desire to see gains in our relationship with Jesus. But here's the problem. Just like your health and your physical body Desire does not equal gains. It does not equal gains. You've got to get somebody to help you. You've got to get somebody that's willing to go all in with you. And so here's the deal is tonight I'm ready to do that. Tonight I want to give you a starting point. I want to discuss a starting point with you. I want to, um, I just want this to be a safe place for a little while. I want this to be a place where we can kind of let our guards down a little bit, where we can ask some tough questions and we can find some answers to those tough questions. Because I don't believe that anybody in here desires for their relationship with Jesus to be poor. I, I believe we all desire some type of spiritual connection with Jesus. 
but I don't believe many of us are getting it simply because we don't know where to start. So that's what we're going to search for tonight. We're going to search for that starting point. And here's the cool thing is the starting point for gains in your spiritual life, I believe is the same starting point for gains in your physical bodies. Here's the starting point. Are you ready for it? The starting point is this food is fuel. Food is fuel. Now, when we start talking about food being fuel, we get that when it comes to our, our health, right? We're like, you know what, Jordan? Like, I get it. There are some foods that are going to make me fat. There's some foods that are going to help me get fit. Like, I get that if I eat KFC, I'm not going to be looking so fit. I'm going to be feeling more like that marshmallow toothpicks. If I'm eating my greens and my lean meats, I'm going to be looking like Zac Efron on the beach, right? Like, that's, that's kind of where we're at. We get it when it comes to our physical bodies. But what the heck does that mean? When it comes to our relationship with Jesus, what does it mean to eat spiritually and not only just eat spiritually, but get food that is good for us spiritually? What does that mean? That's what we're going to find out. That's what we're going to unpack tonight. And so by doing that, I want to look at some scripture. You see, at Community of Faith, we believe that um, we believe that the Bible is the word of God. And we believe that in the word of God, we can ask those questions and find answers to those tough questions. Right? And we believe that those answers, if we will allow ourselves to accept them, can lead us into living healthier, better lives. And so that's what I want to do tonight. I want to look at the Bible and see what it has to say about good, clean, spiritual food. And so if you would, if you've got your Bibles, um, bust those out to Matthew chapter 4, verse 4. Um, if you've got a notebook, use that. If you don't, use your um, note app on your phone. I believe that every week God wants to say something to us. And I believe that every week we walk out of here and we're like, hey man, what was that thing? What was that thing that Wes said? What was that thing that Jordan said or Taylor said? Man, like I want to remember that, um, but I can't because I don't have it in my notes. So I believe in order to um, help us see gains, it can be very beneficial to take notes. So if you want to do that, do that. So Jesus, he's out in the wilderness, right? And he's out there with um, his arch nemesis, uh, Satan. And he's out there and, and Jesus is being tempted by Satan. You see, Jesus is allowing himself to be tempted so that way he can relate with us. You know what I'm saying? So, so Jesus is out in the wilderness. Satan is tempting him. And, and Satan says something along this, along these lines. Knowing Jesus is like hungry, if not hangry, Satan goes, hey, Jesus, if you're God... Why don't you just turn that stone into bread and eat if you're God? So Jesus is like, all right, Satan, like I get it. You're trying to get me to prove that I'm God, but I don't have to prove anything to you. So, so I'm going to say something clever. Here's what I'm going to say. And Jesus answered, it is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Not bread, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. So when we're talking about food being fuel in our spiritual lives, we're finding that we are to live on every word that comes from the mouth of God. We are to live on the word of God. And so if we understand that our good spiritual food is in the word of God, we first have to understand what the heck is the word of God. And if you've got a good memory, you can think back a whole two minutes ago, whenever I said at Community of Faith, we believe that the Bible is the word of God and that from it we can, we can get answers. So if you take um, what I said plus what Jesus is saying in this moment, you go, okay, so the Bible is the word of God, so we've got to eat the Bible. If you start eating your Bible, I'm just going to tell you right now, I'm going to call some cops in here and they're going to take care of you. But what I mean is we got to begin reading the Bible. We got to begin consuming what's in the Bible. And so if you decided, man, okay, so... So the word of God 
is the Bible, I would totally agree with you. And here's why I would agree with you. I would agree with you because I know what the entire Bible was written about and what it was written for. Now, here's what I didn't just say. Some of you just heard me say, I know everything about the Bible. I did not say that. I would not claim that. I don't believe that there's a man on the planet that could go, hey, here is everything you need to know about the Bible. But what I do know is that the Bible has one storyline, points back to one person, and that person is Jesus. So when we say that we have the word of God, when we say that the the Bible is the word of God, the Bible is the word of God because Jesus was God's mouthpiece. Jesus came to this planet and he literally spoke the words of God. And because we recorded that and now we have it in a book, we also say that that is the written word of God. And I can see some of you guys are confused. You're going, so Jordan, you're saying that Jesus is God, that Jesus is the word of God, and that because we have the story of Jesus written down, we have the word of God as well. Exactly. I think we can make it make a little bit more sense when we look at um, John chapter one, verse one. And it says this, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. That makes sense, right? In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. I don't get it. Here's what helps me understand this verse a little bit better. Here's what helps me understand this whole idea that Jesus is the word of God is we can take the words, the word out and we can replace it with Jesus. And this makes a whole lot more sense to us. In the beginning was Jesus and Jesus was with God and Jesus was God. So Jesus is the word of God. And because we have his story written down, we have the word of God. And here's why it's a big deal. Because if we're going to do something, we're going to do it right. If I'm going to go on a diet, I'm going to go on a diet right. I am going to make sure that I am eating the right things for me. I'm going to decide between paleo or keto or whatever that's called. I'm going to decide between all sorts of different stuff to make sure that I am actually getting the right stuff for me in my body. I believe the same thing has to happen when it comes to your spiritual health, which means we have to question. We have to question and ask tough questions of, how do I trust the Bible? Can I trust the Bible? Is the Bible safe for me when it comes to spiritual food? See, I'm lucky. I uh, have this cool degree where I can only get a job here. But it was a cool degree because it's in biblical studies and theology, which means I had an opportunity to spend a few years studying these tough questions. I had an opportunity um, that had professors in my life pushing me to ask tough questions and not just giving me the answers. They were like, dude, you got to find the answers on your own. And then whenever I come back with an answer that's not correct, they'd be like, no, man, go try again. And so I did a lot of searching. I did a lot of hunting. and, And some of the things I remember from those times whenever I was really trying to figure out, can I trust the Bible? A place that many of us in the room are in tonight. Can I trust the Bible? Here are some things that I found. I found out that um, there are 5,000 copies, 5,000 manuscripts of Greek texts that are in the Bible. 
That is more than any other historical book of that time. That is more. I found out that the Christian Bible is the most seamless religious book as far as historical accuracy goes. I found out that the religious book that the Christians call the Bible is unique and that every prophecy that has been fulfilled was fulfilled exactly and historically accurately as it was said to happen. And this was written hundreds of years before it even happened. That's pretty wild to me. I found out as I was searching for some stuff that that historians are willing, secular historians, meaning they don't believe in God, they don't believe in Jesus, are oftentimes willing to pull information about somebody in history, a ruler or something like that. They're willing to pull information about them from the Bible simply because they know and understand how accurate historically the Bible is. And that doesn't just include people, that includes places. You see, there's archaeologists that are, that like some of them are trying to say, hey, listen, the Bible is completely accurate. Some of them are trying to say, hey, the Bible is completely inaccurate. But both have found artifacts, have unsurfaced cities that are talked about in the Bible in the exact place and from the exact time periods that the Bible claims that they existed. So when we're asking is the Bible trustworthy? Can I trust the Bible? What we're really asking is, is it safe to eat? Is it safe to eat? For me, the answer is yes. I hope for you, the answer is yes. If it's not, I'm going to like, just go do some searching on it. But I believe when it comes to consuming what we need to consume spiritually, The best food, the power food, is what we're going to find in Scripture. And I believe right now many of us are living our lives solely on fast food. We need to get to a point where we're ready to eat some power food. So what do we do? Here we are, understanding that we need to Use food as fuel and that scripture and that the word of God is fuel. So where do we go? This is what 1 Peter 2, 1 and 2 says. It says, Therefore, rid yourselves of all malice and all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and slander of every kind. Now, you can leave that up there for just a second. Now, malice, you see this in the Bible a lot. Malice, all that means is evil will. So like that just kind of encompasses everything. It says, this is evil, this is ill will. So what it's saying is, is it says, you need to get rid of what you're allowing to fuel you, your evil thoughts, your deceit, your hypocrisy, your envy, your slander. You need to get rid of these things. You need to get rid of the fast food out of your lives and you need to begin eating properly. Go on to verse two. It says, like a newborn baby, Begin to crave pure spiritual milk so that by it you may grow up in your salvation. Like a baby, we need to begin to crave what's good for us. Babies just know, and they're going to let you know that they know. They know what's good for them, and they want what's good for them. And so what we have to decide is, are we going to choose what's good for us? So I brought an illustration with me tonight, and... uh, and what I've got here is I've just got, I've got two blenders and I've got 
two different protein shakes that are ready to be made. Clearly, you can see on this side, I have got a Happy Meal. Um, It's got a burger. It's got fries. It's got this soda, right? This is what dreams are made of when you're six. But then from like ages like 16 to carry it on, this is what like nightmares are made of, right? This just stuff starts to stick to you. And then we've got something that's a little healthier. Oh, I can't get this lid off. Something that's a little bit healthier. We've got some protein powder. We've got some, some fruit, some greens, and we've got some almond milk. Both of these are 100% edible. But I don't think it's argued that one is very clearly more unhealthy than the other. And so if you would, pretend with me that we're going to go work out and we've got to get some fuel for our bodies. So starting, let's just open up this Happy Meal. See what we got. We got some napkins. Oh, cool. We got a toy. Anyone want a Happy Meal toy? Yeah? Over here? There you go. I don't know if that went to the right person. There's a Happy Meal toy for you. Cool. All right. Okay, so we've got, we've got French fries. Making our protein shake. We've got French fries. For some reason, they gave us two. They really want to sabotage my beauty. So I'm going to go ahead and I'm just going to dump these French fries in this blender. And you know what? Let's just, for the time being, let's just pretend this kind of represents our life. And let's pretend these French fries, let's call this our vice, right? The fries for the thighs. (laughs) Just thought of that. This is our vice, right? And what that means is it's something that's holding us captive. It's something that's got a hold of us in our lives. Maybe it's a relationship that you know is unhealthy, but you just simply can't seem to, to get out of because you can't imagine life without it. Maybe it's something different. Maybe it's an addiction. Maybe it's an addiction to to alcohol, some type of substance. Maybe it's porn. I don't know. But this is something that feels like it's got a hold of us and we just can't imagine our life without it. And we're going to call it our vice. We're going to call it captivity. And then we've got this blender over here. This is a, a possible alternate life we could live. So the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to throw these greens in. These are like power food. We got the greens in there. And that's going to represent freedom. You see, the Bible talks a lot about freedom. The Bible says that, that, that freedom, we are free to do all things, but not all things are good for us. So do not be addicted. Do not be trapped. Do not be held captive. Do not allow your vice to control your life but be free. Let's continue. We've got a cheeseburger. And, uh, just kidding. Uh, so we've got this cheeseburger and we're going to let this cheeseburger represent hate. We're going to let it represent a little bit of hate, a little bit of bitterness. You know, I don't know if you've got any hate or bitterness in your life. Maybe it's toward a friend. Maybe it's toward an ex-friend, an ex-boyfriend, an ex-girlfriend, a parent, a grandparent, a step-parent. I don't know. Maybe you even have some hate built up toward yourself. But we're going to let this cheeseburger be our hate. Now we got some fruit. 
And this fruit, we're going to just let this be love. We've got our hate in our cheeseburger, and we've got our fruit that is love. And I should have bought passion fruit, so we could have had, like, passionate love fruit. But uh, I didn't. I bought blueberries. So we've got our love. The Bible talks about a lot about love. The Bible talks, in fact, about how God is love. It talks about this incredible love called an agape love, a love that, that is completely unconditional. A love that, that is just completely unimaginable, a love that is willing to give up life in order for you to have life, a love that would lead someone to the cross. That's the kind of love that we just put in our protein shake. <clears throat> now, got one thing left over here, and it's a soda. It's Coke. And so this Coke, we're going to let this thing represent our fear. This is how we operate every day in our lives, this, 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 this fear, right? We're, we're afraid to let go of our vice. We're afraid to move past it because we can't imagine life without it. We're afraid to let go of our hate and begin to forgive because we feel like if we forgive, that person's not getting the punishment they deserve. And so every day, as we operate out of fear, it just kind of holds all of this stuff together. So make sure to get that pushed down in there. Yep. And this is how we operate. From day to day, we operate out of fear. And it just kind of creates a really impressive mess. We're going to go ahead and get this really good. So this is the mess we're living in. This is the kind of stuff that we're allowing to fuel our lives. This is the life that we're choosing when we're choosing to live a life outside the word of God. And don't get me wrong. This is a type of fuel. You're going to be able to live on this type of fuel, but it's not going to be very enjoyable. You could do it. Listen, you can do it, but it's not fun. It's not a way you want to live. It's not, it's not the type of life that you want. It's the type of life that your, your body, your spirit is actually trying to reject right now as I'm talking. You don't want this. Yet so many of us choose this every day. Now, we still have this alternate type of life going on right over here. And we've got one more ingredient that is essential to understanding and to combating our fear, and that's hope. And so we're just going to throw a little bit of protein powder in here, right? We're just going to throw another scoop of this protein powder in here. And that's our hope. That's the hope it talks about in the Bible. The hope that we can live in freedom. The hope that we can live 
with love, a love that is genuine, a love that, that is unconditional. And so when we put the lid on this bad boy, I've got an idea. And we blend it. There's not a lot to happen, right? You're right. We're missing an ingredient. You see, just because we know about love does not mean we know how to love. Just because we know about love does not know, mean we know how to love. Just because, just because we know about freedom does not mean we are free. And just because we know about hope does not mean we are hopeful. You see, I believe that the missing ingredient to a lot of our lives, even though we know what it looks like to be spiritually healthy, is the milk. It's the word of God. And I believe that as we begin to add a little bit of the word of God, this is going to become more digestible. We're going to begin to realize that we can live in freedom because Jesus shows us how to live in freedom. I believe that when we add a little bit more of the word of God to our lives, we're going to learn how to love because Jesus embodies love. And I believe that when we add a little bit more of the word of God to our lives, we begin to live in hope. We begin to make it through situations that seem really difficult. And people are like, man, how did you do that? How did you make it through that situation in such joy? Man, that was a tough situation because I've got hope. And when we begin to add the, the word of God to our lives and we begin to live and let that be how we operate, we see something happen and it's something a lot more pleasurable than this life over here. Now here's the deal. As we have this protein shake and it tastes good. I've, I've, I've drank these shakes and we have this protein shake and it was awful. But we have a choice to make. We have a choice to decide if this is how we want to live over here. If we want to live in our hate, if we want to live in our captivity, in our vice, if we want to live operating out of fear, or do we want to live in hope, love, and freedom? You see, it's very clear to see the two differences. It's very clear to see that there are two options, yet one of the options takes a little bit from us. One of the options is going to take a commitment. It's going to take fueling our bodies with the word of God so that way hope, freedom, and love become a possibility. It becomes reality. And as we begin to fuel our bodies with the word of God, as we begin to fuel our, our just our spiritual minds and hearts with the word of God, we begin to take smaller steps and then, and then bigger steps and, and then you just kind of feel yourself in this run and eventually you're going to begin to look back and see the gains that you have made in your life. That is my dream for you. My dream for you is that you would be able to see the word of God, that you would be able to open your Bible, that you would be able to read and understand the word of God 
on your own. And so that's my challenge to you tonight. And I'm not going to leave you with, with, with just having to go figure out where to read and, and try and figure out how to read it. You see, we teach students. And myself, we came up with this as a student team. To begin dissecting scripture like this, we start asking ourselves questions. We figure out where we're going to read. And for you, I want you to start in the book of John. So we figure out where we're going to read and we, and we start reading and we're asking ourselves, what does it say? And to answer that question, you simply read the text. What does it say? You read the text, but not like you read the text at school, right? Where you're like reading like whatever it is. And you're thinking about that cute baby cousin you just had that was born or like your puppy at home. Like, I don't know. Like, I'm bad about doing that. Like, I'll read something and be thinking about something completely different. Right? We're not going to read it like that. Instead, here's how I want you to read it. I want you to open the Bible and I want you to read it as if God has something to say for you, to you, because he does. And as you begin to read that text, start asking yourself, what the heck does this mean? What does this mean? What does it mean for the people in the text? What does it mean for, for all of the people we see written about? What does this mean for them? And as we begin to figure out what it means for them, oh, this is a story about Jesus showing unconditional love to a woman that was just caught in sin. We can begin applying that to our lives and it leads us into the next question we ask is what does it mean for me? What does it mean for me? What, what do I do with, with Jesus giving this woman and showing this woman unconditional love when she was caught in sin? What do I do with this? Oh, I need to love better. I need to love like Jesus loved. I need to be able to get past people's mistakes because people are flawed and I need to love them through their mistakes. And so as we begin to question scripture like that, as we begin to read and understand scripture like that, we're going to begin seeing changes in our lives. We're going to begin seeing moments in our lives where we can go, hey, this is a moment where I can show the love of Jesus that I read about. But it takes a commitment to eating and fueling our bodies the right way. Food is fuel. And so the question is, what will you decide to eat when it comes to your spiritual health? See, I dream. I dream that Cyprus would be different. I dream that Cyprus would be a place of hope for everybody. I believe that this can happen and I believe that it is not very far out of reach. But I believe tonight it has to be a choice made by us. You see, this can happen, and I don't know why it can't happen with a group of students in Hockley, Texas, that decide together that we're going to begin not operating out of fear, but living in hope, simply because we decided one night that we are going to fuel our bodies, we're going to fuel our minds, we're going to fuel our lives with the Word of God. I believe it can happen. And I believe it can start right here in this room. I believe it can start with you. And I believe as we see this happening, I believe you're going to see a cultural sh culture shift around you. I believe people are going to be, uh, begin to take notice of these students that aren't acting like the typical student. These students are wise. These students care about each other. These students love one another. Man, I believe it can happen in this room. That's my prayer for this room. So tonight, here's the challenge. Challenge is this, is simply go home and eat. Go home and eat. And what does that mean? It means jump in the word. Begin to read the word of God.
Thank you for tuning in to the student podcast. Check us out on Twitter or Instagram at COF Students.